Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Morning, everyone. Hope you're doing okay. We are... um... We're in a series on the Holy Spirit. We had a break for a couple of weeks, um, but before that, many of you will remember, we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit, and we've been just learning more and more about Him. And um, today, we're going to be particularly thinking about the Holy Spirit and boldness. Uh, Now, just to say, if you read through the Bible, if you do like a word search on boldness, uh, you'll find most of the time it's talking about having the boldness to be able to speak about Jesus without being ashamed or afraid. Okay, so it's normally about evangelism. It's normally about Christians being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to speak out the gospel boldly. However, on the 24th of July in our Holy Spirit series, that's going to be on evangelism. Uh, and so I'm not going to speak about boldness and evangelism today. I'm going to speak about boldness in a different way in terms of how the Holy Spirit emboldens us. So if, you'd, if you've got a Bible with you, please turn uh, to 2 Timothy Uh, Chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and um, we're going to read a well-known verse. If you've been a believer for a while, you probably would have been familiar with uh, particularly the last part of these few verses, Uh, and uh, maybe it's going to come up on the screen. Yeah, okay, great. Well, maybe we should, why don't we read it together? It's great to read God's Word uh, publicly together. Um, Are you ready? Okay, here we go. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we pray, Lord, that it would go to work in our lives and in our hearts today, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is like, he's one of his protégés, his apprentice, if you like, um, a young man that he took alongside him. On one of his travels, he came across him. Um, the church spoke well of him. And Paul obviously felt in his heart a connection. I want to get to know this young man. Took him under his wing. And they traveled together. And then as Timothy grew spiritually and was able more and more to be able to um, uh, exercise his own spiritual gifts and grew in confidence and maturity, Paul would send him to places on his behalf. And um, so often um, we find, so the letters to Timothy is Paul writing to his son in the faith who, he, who is there wherever he is on, 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 on Paul's behalf, serving him, representing him. And so you pick up the, the, the wonderful affection, the, the tone, uh, the sense of relationship here. Now, the thing about Timothy is it seems that he was somewhat naturally timid. And the word here, if you could just go to the next slide, please, uh, Dave. Uh, is it Dave who's on? No, sorry, Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. Um, 
Where it says the word fear, that's quite an unusual word that's used in the original Greek language. Normally the word is phobos, where we get our word phobia from. The vast majority of the time, that's where it's used. This is a different word. This word is called dahlia, and it means timidity or cowardice. Okay, so it's a, diff- it's a particular kind of fear, where we might think of intimidation, fear of man, cowardice. It's that sort of vibe. So this word you'd only find a few times um, in, in the New Testament, so it's quite unusual. Um, and it seems like Timothy was that sort of guy. He was naturally timid, um, naturally a bit frail physically. Paul says to him in, in, in the first letter to him, make sure you don't just drink water, but also a little bit of wine for your stomach because of your frequent ailments. So he's getting ill all the time. He's that sort of guy. He's always ill, you know, and... Um, he says to Timothy, don't let people look down on you because, because you're young. And elsewhere, he says, I'm sending Timothy to you. Look after him. Okay, He's not an A-type leader. He's not, he's not, he's not a superman by any means. He's, he's, he's naturally a timid guy. And so here you can see actually Paul having to exhort him to, um, to fan into flame to use the gifts that are his. Um, so I want to just really spend a little bit of time in this passage today. Um, next week I'm preaching as well. We're going to focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts that he brings. Obviously that begins to be touched today. So if you like, we can see this week and next week as a bit of a two-parter. We will get into something on the gifts today. Um, but really the whole thing, I want you to be thinking about boldness. Say that word. Boldness. All right, that's what I want us to be thinking about. The Holy Spirit brings boldness into our lives. Now, first, let's just look at Paul's reasoning. The reason why Paul says, for this reason, I remind you, to fan into flame the gift of God. Well, for what reason? Well, the reason is comes earlier where he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. He obviously knew the family. He knew Timothy's mum, Eunice. He knew Timothy's grandmother, Lois. And he saw in them a sincere faith that he's now saw in Timothy. He says, you've got, the same, you've got that same faith. You've got that same sincere faith. It's so encouraging when people say things like that to us, isn't it? You ever had that thing where in your head you think, I think I might be a hypocrite? <coughs> Anyone ever had that? Thank you. Uh, don't just laugh, because I think they might be laughing at me. Okay, say yes. Or you think you're, you know, or you think, oh, you know, what, what, I'm not sure really, you know, something, you know, my heart is divided. And, and then when someone says, man, your faith is a real blessing to me, I really see your love for God. You think, ah, oh, it can kind of put your heart at rest. And here Paul is wanting Timothy to know, he's like, no, I, listen, I love the faith that I've seen you. It's a sincere faith. That word sincere, it means it's unfeigned. There's no pretense. It's not, you're not acting. It's not, it's not a show. You're not just trying to look a certain way, but it comes out from the inside. There's been a work of the Holy Spirit in your life where your faith in God is now sincere. Okay? And, but I want, us to, I want us to think about this whole idea of, of what this sincere faith does first and foremost in our relationship with God. How the Holy Spirit, when he brings faith into our lives, genuine saving faith, what, what comes with that is a boldness in the presence of God. So before we think about boldness in terms of spiritual gifts, first and foremost, there's a boldness that comes through the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit in the very presence of God. That's something I want us to focus on and meditate on and think a little bit about today. Because the Spirit is the one who leads us into God's presence. We're thankful for the wonderful musicians that helped us today. Bless you and thank you. We're grateful, we're grateful for Richard's leadership today. Brilliant, Rich. Th- thank you. 
But it's the Holy Spirit who leads us into the presence of God. Okay, that, that, that's something you can have the best leaders and the best musicians. But if you, if you yourself have not been born again and don't know the reality of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you it's just songs. You're at something, you're watching it, but you don't know what it is. Maybe that's you today. You're here and you thought, it's really nice. I love the atmosphere. People seem friendly. But I don't feel like I know what it is or what I'm supposed to do. Well, when you are born again, when you come and put, give, your, give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is involved in that in such a powerful way. He comes to indwell you and suddenly everything begins to make sense. And you know what this is about. And, and you're not just singing songs saying, oh, it's nice music. What's happening is, is the Spirit of God in you is testifying with your own spirit to the truth in the songs. And you're going, yes, this is the message that has saved me. It's a powerful Holy Spirit moment. And when people preach the gospel, you go, yes, this, this is what the Lord has done for my life. So let's go to Hebrews 10 together, where the writer to the Hebrews talks about the, the way we can be in the presence of God as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 10, I'll read you from verse 19 onwards. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Since we have confidence. It's the same idea. Confidence in the presence of God. How can you have confidence in the presence of God? Well, this is an amazing... I want us to think about this. Because I want to put before you today that it's crazy to have confidence and boldness in the presence of God without Christ. Because God is holy. Okay, so to just have some kind of, I don't know, boldness that's born of something natural. Some kind of natural confidence. Maybe you're just extroverted. You're conf- I'm a confident person. I walk into a room, I feel fine. Okay? Some people are built like that. No problem. Okay, so you think, I walk into the presence of God. No! Don't. Do that. He's the king of glory. He's holy, holy, holy. There are angelic beings in heaven who, if we saw them, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. We would unravel. They cover their eyes in his presence. He is holy, holy, holy. No one breezes into the presence of God. So it's crazy to do that. But by the same token, it's crazy not to be bold in God's presence with Christ because then you're suggesting that Christ isn't holy. So if you're in Christ but you're not bold in the presence of God, you're suggesting there's something wrong with Jesus. I am. Because your access into the presence of God is based solely on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Which which was attributed to him by the Father as a result of a perfectly holy life. And so Jesus Christ is utterly holy and you are hidden in him. Therefore, your your confidence, your access into the presence of God is only in Christ. Therefore, if you come tentatively into God's presence in Christ, what are you saying about what's wrong with Jesus? 
Odds are, there's nothing wrong with Jesus in your mind, but you're thinking, but I, I'm not perfect. No, but yeah, we're not, we're not still on that one, are we? If you've come to Christ, we thought we'd settled that one by now. You come to Christ because you realize you're a hopeless sinner and you need saving. And so you embrace him in faith. You take him to yourself and he hides you and covers you in his righteousness. So you are welcome in the presence of God in Christ 24-7. And the very righteousness of God is attributed to you, which means you can be as bold in the presence of the Father as Jesus is. To not do that is to insult the work of Christ on the cross. You see, so the Holy Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit, he's the one who teaches us the gospel. He's the one, so when I was talking about that then, and you were going, yeah, wow, amen. That's because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And he was going, yeah, with your spirit, and your spirit was going, yeah, there's a witness. But only this truth, this message only makes sense by the work of the Holy Spirit. He teaches us all things, Jesus says. He teaches us the gospel. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Romans that he pours the love of God into our hearts by the Spirit that he's given to us. So the Holy Spirit is the one who assures us we're loved by God. I can come into the presence of God. Why? Because he loves me. How do I know the Holy Spirit is witnessing and testifying this to me? It's not a psychological thing you have to convince yourself of. It's a spiritual thing. It transcends that. It's poured out in the heart. I know he loves me. How? Because I know, because I know, because I know. The Holy Spirit has testified in my heart. I see the cross. I see it there. I know that there means that God loves me forever. Hallelujah. So we become bold in the presence of God. He assures our doubting hearts. It leads to a boldness. I want to ask you, are you, are you bold in the presence of God? Or are you timid? In the presence of God. All of us probably, once we grasp the holiness of God, all of us at times are prone to temptation to think, I can't come near. What do you do in that moment? Do you start to tell yourself that somehow it's fine or for some kind of vague reasons you're putting out of the air? Or do you say, do you begin to proclaim the blood of Christ? That washes us and cleanses us and atones for our sin. The life poured out for our death-deserving sin so that now we are alive in God. It's an exchange. It's, you know this message, guys, but we've got to hear it time after time, haven't we? Because something in, us, in our natural selves, we, we tend to lean into ourselves. We want to feel that somehow I'm contributing something to this. That somehow you know, it is a, kind of about me. Or I've been a Christian 10 years now, Lord, and I'm praying more than I used to. And God says, frankly, when it comes to justification, so what? It means absolutely nothing to God when it comes to your access in his presence. It's based solely on the work of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we want to grow in prayer. We want to grow in all the graces. But they're graces, brothers and sisters. They're based on the mercy and kindness of God towards us. So that our confidence in his presence is based on Jesus. We're all about Jesus. We're all about Jesus. Sing about Jesus, talk about Jesus, love Jesus. You say, why? Because the Bible says that it's the Father's will that Jesus has the supremacy in all things. Glorifies the Father when we exalt Christ. Hallelujah. Right. So, but then, then he goes on. So he says, you've got this sincere faith. You're not a hypocrite. You're not perfect. But man, this, this is the heart for Jesus here. For that reason, he says, I now want to urge you. For that reason. Fanning to flame the gifts. Why are the gifts such a big deal? 
Why is it such a big deal that people in the church use their spiritual gifts? Here's why. There's two main reasons. The Bible, the Bible teaches that um, the church is, comes to maturity when everyone plays their part. And when the church comes to maturity, two things happen. Number one, it, 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 the church is all that she should be for the world. Okay? She looks beautiful. She moves with elegance and grace. She, she, she's like Jesus. She's full of grace and truth. It doesn't mean that everyone is going to get saved. Some people will hate it. But, but actually, those whom the Lord is calling by his spirit will see it and go, that is it. When Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, then you're the light of the world. So, so it, there's something about us, us um, putting into practice um, in, in, in the Holy Spirit who he has made us to be and the gifts he's given us. When we all do that, okay, here's how it works. Jesus is the head of the church, and he's also in charge of every local congregation. Okay? And he calls different people to be part of specific local congregations, which is why many of you are here, because after stepping over the threshold on a Sunday, or coming to a GC, or meeting other brothers here or there, something in you said, this is home. Okay? That is God calling you to a local church. That's how you know you should be in a particular church. It feels like home. You think, oh, this, is, this is where I'm going to grow. This is where I'm going to connect. And so the Lord calls you here. But he knows what he's doing. He's putting together a multi-membered body. Okay? There's all different kinds of gifts in the room. So, he, so he, no one comes. This is not about somewhere you come and sit and get played to and preached to and then go home again. Perish the thought. That is not church. Church is a body of believers that you are connected to and part of and that you share life with and that you use your gifts to serve and they use their gifts to serve you. And in doing so, everyone gets built up and looks more and more like Jesus. That's the idea. It's a huge deal because it, will, it shows forth the wisdom of God, not just to a watching world, but even to demonic, angelic principalities and powers looking on and go, what is that? How did that, how did those people find each other in that way? Well, it's because they are focused on Jesus Christ, who is big enough and has enough in him to gather them all up into him and join their hearts together. And then he given gifts by his Holy Spirit, an array of um, diverse gifts, which if they all say, yes, I'm going to play my part, suddenly we've got a ballerina on our hands. We've got something that moves through the city with elegance and beauty and poise. But it's absolutely reliant upon every member saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put into practice what the Lord has put in me. I'm going to use it. I'm not going to wait for someone else to. It's, that's why it's such an imperative. The second reason why is because as we put our gifts into practice and we grow and we mature, guess what? We grow more and more into the likeness of Jesus, which means we're getting more and more ready for the wedding day. The bride has made herself ready, we read about in Revelation. She's taken seriously the eternal calling, the, her, 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 her chief destiny to be married to Jesus. She's, she's moving, she's, she's, she's rolling, she's, she's, she's kind of em, employed heart, mind, soul and strength. It's, something's going on here. This is a, wow, there's a beautification that is going on as everyone gets it and grasps the big picture of what the Lord is doing. That is what is going on there. That's why it's such a battle to use your gifts consistently in the church. That's why things happen. People say and do stupid things that offend you and you think, blow this, I'm not going to do that anymore. I might still go along on a Sunday, but deep down I don't want to be here. 
and such thoughts. Or leaders make a mistake, but I'm not going to trust them anymore. And such thoughts. Or I was ill for a week and no one came and saw me, therefore this church doesn't love me, therefore dot, 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 and such thoughts. Much room for offence. Because people make mistakes. We're not perfect. And the devil loves to jump on that and get us offended and get us not sorting it out and talking to each other, straightening things out, speaking the truth in love, forgiving, reconciling. So much gets left undone in that regard. And it's deeply damaging. Deeply damaging. The Holy Spirit wants to give us a wonderful boldness in the using of our gifts. And I want to just draw out these three things here. We've got, we've got about 10 minutes left, so we'll, we'll be able to do that. He says to Timothy, you've not been given a spirit of timidity. He's speaking to a guy who's naturally timid. And he's saying to, saying to him, listen, that's something the Lord is going to want you to grow out of. He's not saying, that's part of how you're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's bits about us that ain't great. We can't hide behind Psalm 139 with them. Okay, It's not fearful and it's not wonderful. Okay, It's ungodly and it needs sorting out. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It's a process of transformation. There are things about us we've got to face up to and say, that's not from God. I've inherited it, but it's, this, this, this is not fruitful and it's not life-giving. I have to be honest enough and humble enough to be able to own up to that. Paul says to Timothy, that about you is not from God. So you're going to need to reject that. And then he, and then he shows him three things that he has, that he has been, that three things about the Holy Spirit. What, what spirit have you been given? What has the Holy Spirit brought with him? Well, he's a spirit of power, love, sorry, your power, love, and a sound mind. And I want to just think about these three things as we think about using our gifts. So number one, you've been given the spirit of power. The, the timid spirit says, I can't. I just, I can't. Anyone know that feeling? <laughs> I can't. You get, you get sometimes people in the Bible like Gideon and Moses who say, I can't. You know what God's response to them always is? I'm with you. It's funny, he doesn't say you can. <laughs> just believe in yourself, man. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm with you right so there's a spirit of power that word power it means force it's like it's like the spirit of God is given to us as we submit our gifts to him and say Lord I want to just please fill me with your presence I want to I'm going to put my gifts to work here there's a power that comes on them that's not of ourselves okay you go wow how did I do that how did what happened there it's the Holy Spirit it's the Holy Spirit and so the Holy Spirit wants you to know if you're a believer, he's with you. Okay? He's with you, and he wants you to know that timidity that you struggle with is not from God. Okay? And he wants you to know that he wants to deliver you from that and more and more walk out of those shadows so you can come to that place where, you're, where you are actually not living under that kind of thing of when you're timid, you know, when you're timid, you lose your voice. When you're timid, you're not really honest. You don't really say what you really think. When you're, when you're timid, you end up getting bullied by other people who aren't even bullying you, but you're just getting bullied by them anyway because you can't say what you really want to do. It's horrible. You can't just speak the truth in love. You can't look someone in the eyes. You can't. It's, it's unhealthy. It's a horrible place to be. 
And some, people, you know, some of you, as I'm speaking now, just sensing the Spirit, some of you go, that's just been my life. No, God's got a new pattern for you today. He's got a new pattern, a new way. A new way. You haven't got to, you haven't got to live in there. This room, this room is full of people who, who have been and are being changed by the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit. And you can testify that God will do that. So he's with you. The second thing is, is that, is, is, is that um, the spirit of power and of love. Spirit of love. Now, I'm going to just tread carefully here. I'm saying this in the kindest possible way. Okay? There's something quite selfish often about timidity. Because what happens is you go, that needs doing, right? But I'm not going to do that, it's too scary. In doing that, you're saying, you do it. But we're scary for them too. What about them? Oh yeah, but you don't know what it's like for me. Hold on a minute. We're all made of the same stuff. We all have fears we need to face. And I love it that Paul says you've been given a spirit of love. Because love pulls us out of ourselves. That's the thing about love. It pulls you out of yourself. We all of us are so tempted so often to get caught up with ourselves. Love pulls you out. Now, you know that verse that says perfect love casts out fear? I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. I don't think there, in 1 John 4, he's talking about the love of God. Obviously, all love comes from God. But I think what he's talking about, the word perfect means mature. It means mature. And if you read the context, he's talking about being matured and perfected in love as believers. And what he's saying is, he's saying, the more that you grow in love, the more that drives out fear. The more that you are matured and and perfected by the love of God, but in your own heart, that you grow and grow more. You're thinking God, you're thinking others, you're not just caught up in yourself. The more you do that, it just pushes out the fear that is often so closely attached and connected to our overwhelming preoccupation with ourselves. So it's really, really important that we hear, no, you've been given a spirit of love. Love is bold. Love, love, you, you see someone and you think, they look a bit lonely or whatever, or should I talk to them? And then fear starts saying, no, because what if the conversation goes wrong? No, because what if you say that and put your foot in it? No, because what if the conversation dries up after five seconds and you don't know what to say? No, because no, 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 no. Love says, I care about that person. I'm going to have a go. I've never known, I've ne- it's rare to find someone who's been loved imperfectly complain about it. If they do, they need to sort it out. You know, I mean, someone's tried to love them. It's much better. I mean, there have been times in, I've offended people because quite often forgive, <laughs> forgiven them too much space because they've read it as I didn't love. Whereas I was thinking, oh, yeah, but yeah, well, they're probably sensitive time, you know, and you know, all of that. Everyone else was thinking that they're doing this, you know, I'm by myself. I want some, com- you know, I want some, some company, some fellowship. It's really interesting to think, okay. Sometimes people do need a bit of space, but actually I think often you can just let them know you love them. Just let them know you're thinking about them, praying about them. That's not going to be intrusive. Love is bold. That's the spirit we've been given. And then the third thing connected to it all is the spirit, is the spirit of self-control or sound judgment. The idea with that word is it's basically... <laughs> the spirit of timidity tends to dramatize everything. Oh no! Catastrophe, yeah? The spirit of sound mind says... 
It's not going to be that bad. It might go wrong, but it'll be all right. It's just sober. It's sober. It's not drama. It's sober. And so when you realize, okay, I'll speak to that person. Um, you know, it might go wrong. It's not the end of the world. That's the spirit of sound mind. Yeah? Dive in for cover in case you have a conversation that goes wrong and trembling behind a car. There's nothing reasonable about that. And I don't say it in a mean way because, you know, I, I know that battle. But it's, it's pretty unreasonable, isn't it, if you think about it? What's really going to go wrong? And so as we've been given these gifts, and we're going to look in depth at gifts next week, but there's a, there's a, there's a spirit that the Lord wants to, yeah, who, the, who, the, who the Father has given to us. And the Holy Spirit, number one, is with you. Okay. Number two, the Holy Spirit is going to pull you out of unhelpful self Vortex, focus, it's going to pull you out of that, okay, so you can love others better. And the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, is reasonable. So often people associate the Holy Spirit with just the dramatic stuff. Okay? It's a spirit of sound judgment. It's a spirit that helps you see things as they really are. Wow, yes, Lord, I need more of that. This is who has been given to us. And I want to encourage us as we think about this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit who has been given to us based entirely on the work of Jesus Christ as a gift. He is, he is God's promise, the Father's promise to us. That we allow him to lead us boldly into the presence of God. We allow him to affirm the sincerity of our faith. And we allow him to mobilize us in the bringing of the various gifts that God has put in us. Which we will focus on more and more next week. Amen? Amen. Amen.